Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Today is about walking on water. In my living room, I have one picture of Christ. It is a picture of His feet, a picture of Him from the knees down, walking on the water. Now, I carefully chose this painting because in my soul, I sense the deep importance of this particular display to us. The deep importance for us of learning to walk with faith, of coming to understand what it is and why it's important, and how to develop and use it in our own lives. For us to grow and to stretch and to become more, we have to risk. We have to struggle to stand like a child learning how to walk. To try to walk in the first place, we have to struggle and step out of the boat, so to speak. We have to have more faith in our why. We have to have more faith in ourselves. And we have to have more faith in our supportive universal purpose and God than we have in fear. So today, stay tuned for three clips from incredible women about the idea of walking on water. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee. And I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Martha Beck, the international life coach, said, quote, every leap into light starts as a leap into the dark, unquote. I will point out the obvious now. Every leap into the dark is a step out onto the water. In episode 78, I did an interview with Gainalyn Condi, the popular LDS writer and speaker, and we called the show Trust the Process. One of the things that we talked about was that faith is a process. We start by daring to step out of the boat, by taking that risk. And if we want to walk on water, that risk has to be taken. We have to take that first step. And from there, the process involves sinking and rising and walking on water. And this unfolds over and over and over again. It's a process. We don't just step out and everything goes right. There's there's some sinking. There's some reaching up, asking for help. There's the walking. So let me share a clip from that interview. in the New Testament of Peter. He got out of the boat and he walked on water. But every time a Christian tells that story, we talk about how he feared and then he sunk. We don't talk about how he walked on the water. Well, his brothers, his buddies were all back in the boat. Mm-hmm. He was the only one that had the courage to step out of the boat and walk on water with the Savior. Yes, he got afraid and he sunk. But, but the part of the story that is hopeful for me is that he reached back up and started to walk again. And so I think if we're finding ourselves in a situation in our own lives where we're in a sinking time, where we're struggling to, you know, get air and we're sinking to the bottom, instead of thinking somehow we are so flawed and we're never going to make it, realize that is the whole process. That Mm -hmm. is what life is about. There is sinking and there's rising and there's walking on water 
and they're sinking and rising <laughs> and walking on water. But there are a lot that. of people that play safe and stay in the boat. Life is messy. And, and so why don't we celebrate the fact that we walk on water and we sink? It's okay. The sinking is part of the process. It just means we stepped out of the boat and said we were willing. And so are we going to be okay that, yes, we may fail horribly. And Brene Brown is brilliant at this. She has really blown the lid off of vulnerability and shame mm-hmm. because she's framed it in a way that says we're, we're dying here. We're all dying a slow, lonely death, and we're dying from we're 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 being prevented from having these great, beautiful experiences of walking on water because we're so afraid of the sinking, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't even try it. Mm-hmm. And so I've decided at the end of the day, my biggest fear, if people ask me, my biggest regret will be if I see God and I missed something. I missed mm-hmm. trying something because I was so afraid mm-hmm. that would be way worse than if I tried and failed. Because at the end of the day, when your kids are learning to walk and they try, we're all cheering, clapping, right? And the baby falls. We don't like shame them and say, oh my gosh, you're an idiot. (laughs) You know, your cousin is walking so much better than you at two, two and a half years old. Why aren't you, you know, whatever it is, we, we cheer their trying. And I feel like that's what God's saying to us. He's not saying you idiots. Why are you trying to raise kids? Why are you trying to start a business? Why are you trying to start a podcast? Why did you think you could be an author? You know, I get down from a stage after speaking, and if I'm super careful, I will replay what I just shared. And I will always find areas where I wish I had said it this way, or I didn't say it that way, or why did I, maybe I offended someone. And if I'm not careful, by the time I get home, I, I'm, in a, I'm ready to cancel all my speaking events coming up. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go through the vulnerability afterwards. Yeah. What I've come to know is there's always one person that will reach out. And there's usually more than one, but at least one that says, you changed my life. Whatever he said changed my life. And I think it's for the one. So can we be like what you just said? Can we just celebrate that we tried? My kids did not get the greatest organic food growing up, right? But I kept them alive. Can we celebrate (laughs) that? You know (laughs) know what I mean? They had always clean underwear. So I didn't (laughs) cook organic vegetables, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and green smoothies every morning. But I kept them alive, you know? And and they're going to have to figure out their own path and journey in life. So can we give each other permission for the falling down part? Because that means we were walking in the first place. try will sink, rise, and walk on water over and over. It's the process. And when others are trying, let's give them credit too. Empathy and understanding in the process of daring, of risking, of stepping out is important. So we can all practice and we can all learn and we can all support one another. One important key to all of this is that our lives are less about what is going on around us and more about what is going on inside us. Remember that. Remember that. Because we create the meaning that events have to us. Do we create that meaning around faith or around fear? Now, this is an important question because the answer will absolutely determine every different outcome. 
In my interview with Leslie Householder, the award-winning international best-selling author of The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius, and Hidden Treasures, we discuss this idea of what faith is and how mindset triggers the power of faith. Where did you get the term rare faith? Can you share that quote? Sure. So I've been fascinated with the principles and studying them, exercising them, teaching them for 20 years now. And it was a few years ago, a friend of mine shared with me a quote by Boyd K. Packer, who encapsulated what I had been trying to put words to all these years. And his quote goes like this. He said, there are two kinds of faith. One of them functions ordinarily in the life of every soul. It is the kind of faith born by experience. It gives us certainty that a new day will dawn, that spring will come, that growth will take place. It is the kind of faith that relates us with confidence to that which is scheduled to happen. There is another kind of faith, rare indeed. This is the kind of faith that causes things to happen. It is the kind of faith that is worthy and prepared and unyielding, and it calls forth things that otherwise would not be. It is the kind of faith that moves people It is the kind of faith that sometimes moves things. It comes by gradual growth. It is a marvelous, even a transcendent power, a power as real and as invisible as electricity. Directed and channeled, it has great effect. When he said it in that way, I thought that's what it is. It's faith, but it's that rare kind of faith. It's rare faith because it's something that we can all develop but it's not common. How do we get that? Oh my gosh, it sounds so like powerful, like it's the key to um, creation, to becoming who we are as children of God. You know, I mean, how do you get that kind of rare faith? Well, first of all, I think we all have it and we just don't know it. it. And I realized this, if you look back in your life at something that you were really, really, that was really, really important to you that you needed to happen or that you wanted to happen. And then ultimately it did happen. If you wanted to look back on your thought process that brought you from that initial desire or hope to realizing its accomplishment or its, its existence, and you were to pick apart that thought process, you would find this rare faith happening. And so it's, it's not just learning how to do it. It's just becoming conscious of the process so that you can do it intentionally. What's the process? So the process in a nutshell is to first see it done on the screen of your mind. And sometimes this is a very formal, intentional exercise that I'll do. I'll close my eyes and I'll just try to envision it done. Like if I'm facing a problem, I try to imagine the problem solved. What does that look like? You know, so many times we're like, oh, I don't like this in my life. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. But we don't take the time to picture what life's going to look like if that was solved. You know, you ask a person, well, what does it look like now that that's resolved? What would that look like? And they draw a blank. Well, this is where we begin that rare faith process is to fill in that blank. What does that look like? And we see it on the screen of our mind and we take the time to just even if vaguely vaguely can be enough just to see it done and how that's going to feel. And here's what's happening. Once you can see it on the screen of your mind and and actually take that time to go through that exercise, 
your subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between an experience that is real and one that is imagined. I mean, if you think about it, Laura, you go to a movie and if it has a, a, a jump scene, you jump because subconsciously your mind thinks you are in danger. Even when you know that you're not, like, like there's that split second where you're like, oh, that's going to happen, but, and you jump anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Consciously, you know, subconsciously, you can't tell the difference. And so what you're doing when you put that on the screen of your mind of the problem solved on the screen of your mind, and you see it with enough detail that your subconscious mind is tricked into believing it just happened, then you're physiologically going to have a release of endorphins or whatever the chemical is that brings you that sense of, oh, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's great. And once you've felt that, something shifts. It's like, um, and, and I'm going to just kind of skip ahead to one of, the, one of the universal laws that helps a person understand and apply rare faith, and that is named the law of vibration. And it's based on, you know, ninth grade chemistry that says everything is vibrating on a molecular level. If you look at a table under a super microscope, you're going to see atoms and molecules buzzing around and bumping around, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we as physical human beings have a body that is the tool of the mind. And our bodies also on a molecular level are vibrating at a, at a certain rate. Well, when we change the way we feel and we set a new emotion into motion, then that vibration, the, the frequency changes, it shifts. And what that does is it does a couple things. Number one, it changes the way people feel when they're around us. It's, it's something that they pick up on. You've been in a room where someone's angry. They don't even have to tell you they're angry. You can feel it, right? Sure. But it changes the way people respond to you and it spans time and space. And so it, it, it doesn't even have to be someone in, in the room. It can cause you to think about a person across the country. You know what I mean? It just, it transmits the same way a cell phone transmits sig signals. And I, I'm not going to pretend to understand it. I just know that it works. And the basic model for how it works is enough for me to see results. And so it does that, but it also moves your thought processes up to a different level of thinking, kind of like a radio broadcast. So if you have a radio in the room and you turn it on and you're hearing country music, if you want to hear classical instead, you're going to have to turn the dial. When you turn the dial, it's changing the frequency of its receiver. And I may not be using the right terms. Okay, this is my ninth grade understanding of these things. But as you turn the dial, it changes the frequency that it picks up on of a radio broadcast and it tunes into classical. Now, the radio didn't suck classical into the room. It didn't create classical music. It just made audible a broadcast that was already existing in the room. When you see the problem solved on the screen of your mind or what that looks like, what you're doing after it's solved, and you see it vividly enough that it causes you to feel differently, even for just a moment, it changes your molecular frequency of vibration, and it puts your thoughts onto a different level, which is picking up on a new broadcast of ideas, of solutions. It causes you to think things that you wouldn't have thought had you not done that first. Another quote by Martha Beck, the international renowned life coach, shares some of the real life ways that we use faith. She said, quote, 
Anyone who embraces the mender's way of life must proceed through continual, infinite, breathtaking leaps of faith. Each time you face an unknown future with creativity, rather than grasping at known quantities, you leap. Each time you dare to believe, say that your art can sustain you financially, you leap. Each time you trust your tribe, you leap. Each time you embrace a love, especially one that lays you bare in body, heart, and soul, you leap. And whenever you begin to disbelieve in yourself, in your destiny, your ability to heal some part of the world, you must leap instead into the branches of magic. People, we use faith every day in every way. When we get out of bed, when we attempt something new, when we reach out to someone and risk rejection, when we trust God and things that we may not understand, when we choose to trust that living better and kinder and with more love will bring us happier lives than resorting to more basic emotions like anger and apathy, hatred, holding grudges. When we work hard at something, let's say going to school or working for a promotion or for a new client or stretching into a new area that we're not familiar with, in those moments, we are using faith. It's an everyday occurrence. When dealing with faith, I think there are a couple different segments to the process. The first is believing enough to step out onto the water, so to speak. We don't get out of bed in the morning unless there's faith that we're going to be able to, you know, that we're going we're gonna to live, we're going to get something done, we're going to find joy, we're going to have some reason to get out of bed. I mean, something that simple requires enough faith to put your feet down and to walk out. So it's there in small ways as well as big ways. George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, he put it this way, quote, you simply have to put one foot in front of the other and keep going, unquote. This ode to persistence is based on faith. We don't keep walking into the dark forest unless we believe that we have a shot at surviving. This is hope. This is faith. This is persistent action that creates results. So the first one is that, that belief. The second is intentionally using the tools that Leslie Householder just mentioned, tapping into universal law and being able to create intentionally through our mindset and our belief. Now, the third one, I believe, is trusting in God, in His grace, because things don't always turn out the way that we want. And sometimes trusting God is trusting that when it doesn't make sense to us, that there is still a purpose. When we don't have all the answers, that maybe there's something beyond what we understand, but we will keep moving forward. In my interview with Katie Lee in episode 131, she's a musician, she shared a gorgeous song that I want to share again on this episode. It's called Trust Grace. It seems like the world is falling apart And no one knows where to start If we could just see with more than our eyes We might see that light It's more than what's in front of us and more than what's behind It's who we choose to focus on in our lives 
this song, I talk a lot about kind of the idea of Peter getting out of the boat and walking on the water. And for me, what that means is getting out of my comfort zone, doing something that may be hard and waiting upon God to do what he needs to do to help me accomplish whatever is his will. I believe that faith is the first of all principles. Without it, we do nothing. Without it, we don't get out of bed in the morning, and with it, worlds can be created. Learning faith, practicing faith, exercising that faith daily may be one of the most challenging things that we learn how to do, because in using it, we are combating fear, and fear is a very real human emotion. That may be the fear of failure, or the fear of not being enough, or the fear of not being accepted, or the fear of getting it wrong or the fear of death, the fear of not having enough, etc., etc. We humans create a lot of fears. But as we come to understand the importance of faith, the concepts behind tapping into the universal laws that support it, and we stretch into trusting God daily, 
we will become more powerful. We will get better at walking on water. It's not something we just do on our own, and it's not something God does for us. It's a partnership. Faith requires us to believe in His wisdom and His grace, even when we can't see it. Faith requires us to stretch into the unknown, as painful as that stretch can be. But it is by faith that miracles happen. It is by faith that we grow and become stronger. It is by faith that we change our world. It is by faith that we create, and it is by faith that we walk on water. Your challenge this week is to consider what you are currently afraid of. What storm is keeping you in the boat? And what one brave move will allow you to step out of the boat? And I challenge you to take it. And know that taking that step, whether it's a few steps out, whether you sink and you have to reach up, whether it's walking, sinking, or reaching out, it is all part of the process over and over as we get stronger. Thank you, people. Thank you so much for listening into today's program, for being a loyal follower and support of the Love Your Story podcast. Please share this episode with someone that it would support today. And take a quick second to scroll down on your app. Leave us a review. It's easy. And I really appreciate hearing from you guys. So until next time, keep working to love your story. Create it with intention and step out of the boat. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.